1993, David Koresh and 75 of his followers, 21 of those children, perished in a fire at a compound in Waco, Texas. The 51-day siege that preceded those deaths caught the world's attention. One of those who died in the blaze was Australian woman Nicole Gent and her two children. It was a tragedy that touched people around the world, including people back in Australia. And I have uh, with me today Carol Boehm, who was a friend of Nicole Gent and witnessed to a certain extent her descent into involvement with this, uh, with David Koresh and, and with his cult. This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Thanks for being with us, Carol. Mm, thanks for having me. So, Carol, when did you first get to know Nicole Gent? We were attending Avondale College together and uh, I became roommates with her in my second year. Mm-hmm. So it was at the beginning of that year that we were put together and as happens when you're a roommate, uh, you spend a lot of time together and usually late at night. So that's where you start chatting and, and really building a strong friendship. And that's what happened with us. Okay. What, what year was that? That was in 88, okay. 1988. All right. And, and what sort of um, young woman was Nicole at that time? Oh, she was a lot of fun. She was doing primary teaching. So she's a very animated sort of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of giggles, lots of energy, just, yeah, a real joy to be around. Okay. Now, I understand that Nicole's parents got quite enamoured with this preacher from the States who was calling himself David Koresh. That's right. And she was worried about where that was headed. She was. She would often talk about um, this guy. She didn't know anything about him at that point, but just knew that it seemed unusual that um, they had been whisked away to to Waco. Mm -hmm. It was certainly, um, she said sounded biblically based, but she believed that he was twisting a lot of what he was reading and mm-hmm. that her parents had been led astray. Mm, okay. So she sort of uh, went down to Melbourne on a, an intervention mission to straighten them out. Is that right? Yeah. Well, they had, um, like I said, they'd spend a lot of time overseas and they'd come back to their place in Melbourne and she knew that there was a, a short window of opportunity here where she would mm-hmm. be able to spend some time just talking with them and, and understanding where he was coming from and perhaps find a time where she could you know, present what she saw to be truth and, and help them to, mm. you know, understand that perhaps he wasn't the, the person he promoted himself to be. Okay. So, uh, obviously, uh, Avondale College is a Seventh-day Adventist institution. Right. Um, she was an Adventist? Yes, she was, yes. Yeah, okay. So, she had this background in biblical knowledge, mm-hmm. being brought up in the church. David Koresh, in his movement, however, is sort of a breakaway of a breakaway. Mm but seems somehow was still on the fringes of the Adventist scene. Yeah, yeah. He seemed to be targeting a lot of Adventists um, and he would use a lot of the common Adventist lingo, you mm-hmm. know, uh, so it kind of felt a little bit familiar and uh, appealing, mm-hmm. but uh, then would twist so much more of the, the mm. belief, sadly. So did Nicole sort of talk this through w- with you and her other friends at college before she headed off to Melbourne to you know, straighten out her parents? Yeah, it was hard because we didn't know a lot of his claims. We we couldn't refute them before she left. Um, 
Well, I remember her saying that he quoted quite often that um, there were verses in the Bible that would talk about one like the Son of Man would come, mm-hmm. and he claimed to be that one. Mm-hmm. And so we, I remember doing uh, a lot of searching in the Bible and, and pulling out that particular phrase, and, and we would make very clear that that would be referring to Jesus and, mm-hmm. and not to this man. But um, we didn't have a lot to go on before she left, but she seemed very adamant that she needed to get down there and, and just, you know, find out what he was on about and mm. pull her parents away and, and bring them back. Mm. But the next thing you heard like after she left? Well, it was only a week break. Uh, it was mid-semester break and she was just going down there for one week. She didn't want to even really see him. She just wanted to be with mum and dad, but um, found out just before she left that he was actually staying at their house. Mm-hmm. So she was concerned about that. But she left, uh, was away for the week. I didn't hear from her throughout that week. Um, I went back to college. First day of classes she missed. So mm. I called her that night. Mm. And what did she say? Well, she told me that we had it all wrong, that he was very Bible-based and he was um, who he claimed to be and that she was very excited that she had found this truth and that she wouldn't be returning to college. Wow. So she she actually left with him to Texas uh, not long after that? Not long after. Yeah, not long after. I did try and call her on many occasions and my phone calls were blocked. They Mm -hmm. asked that I not keep phoning. She didn't want to talk to me. Uh, I tried in that first phone call to say, come on, Nick, just just come back and talk to me about this. It's, you know, mm. hey, if it's the truth, I'll be the first to embrace it. You know, I just wanted to say anything to, to get her to come back to college and mm. perhaps mm. get wiser heads than mine to um, try and, you know, debunk what he had been telling her. But uh, she said, no, no, I want to stay here with him as long as I can. And that was the last time I was able to talk with her. Mm, Wow. So, so far as what went on at Waco in in that compound, what do you understand was going on there that sort of, you know, kept these people in thrall to David Koresh? She told me before she left that there was a, um, the way that he would often present his information was through music, through repetition. He would keep the followers awake for long, long periods of time. Mm-hmm. And um, she felt that that would obviously lower their resistance and, and help them not be able to work out what is truth and what is fiction. And all I can imagine is that's what happened back in Waco, Mm, just mm. long waking periods with a repetitious music and uh, basically him reading from the Bible or giving his interpretation of what he was reading. Mm -hmm. And I guess uh, isolating these people from their communities, from their family members in, in a lot of cases, which is pretty typical sort of cult behavior, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. But it is done with such gentleness and... You know, he certainly wasn't a violent or he didn't come across as a violent person. Mm-hmm. He came across as very loving and caring. And and Nicole was that sort of person that just embraced that and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. wanted to feel that love and acceptance like we all do. Mm. But perhaps she was just more vulnerable and he noticed okay. that. So over the next couple of years, were you sort of getting little tidbits of information about what was happening there? Like she had children with David Koresh, I understand. 
Well, sadly, um, after the, the whole thing sort of blew up, when um, there was a, a lull, I don't really, it's, it's, it's a little bit foggy, it's so long ago now, mm. but I do remember that cameras were allowed onto the compound at one point, and I remember seeing her there. Actually, the reporter asked her a few questions. Oh, okay. Um, and I remember seeing her there with her two sons, which apparently were fathered by David uh, Koresh, Apparently, that was quite common. Many of the, the women on the compound had children to him. Mm. It was seen as a, an honour for him to be the father of their children. And I remember they asked her something along the lines of, um, you know, is, is this man an, an animal that he's been portrayed to be? And, and she just laughed and said, no, no, not at all. Everyone's got it all wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of, the, the interview continued with him, but she was there um, with her boys just playing next to him. Wow. Okay. Mm. So how did that make you feel like watching that, realizing that there's this siege going on, you know, yeah. this friend of yours from college was there, you know, surrounded by the FBI in danger? Mm. Oh, it just broke my heart. I mean, you could always cling to the hope that there would be a peaceful ending to it, but mm. um, it was only a matter of days later that it all ended and it, it, would, it just absolutely gutted me. I could not mm, believe mm. that someone as beautiful as, as she was and as trusting and as loving could have such a horrific ending. Mm. Boy, it's, a, it's sort of scary, isn't it? And mm. I guess some of the rest of your friends from, from college probably would have felt the same. Oh, of course. Of course, mm. there were many. I mean, she was just such a loving personality, you mm. know. She's larger than life. Everyone just adored her and to, to see it spiral into this sort of tragic ending it mm-hmm. was just so sad. So hypothetically, you know, knowing what you know now, mm. um, if you could go back in time, you know, to be there at college mm. with her, or perhaps you had a friend, you know, now that was looking like they were getting interested in, in something similar, what, what would be your response? I guess we all underestimated how powerful this sort of brainwashing or this, this type of personality could be. Mm. I didn't think back then that one week could possibly do that to her. I thought maybe she'll come back with some questions that we'll research together and Mm. we'll, you know, find the truth together. But I never dreamt that in just one week a life could be turned around like that. So, look, if I ever came across anyone who even had an inkling of interest in, in someone that you know, looked like he was a cult leader, I would be so quick to act and so mm-hmm. quick to warn um, just how incredibly powerful these characters can be. Mm. You know what else I probably should have, have done at the time, and I've, I've regretted it ever since, is that we should have prayed more with her before she left mm. and more for her while she was over there. You mm. know, it's, there's a real realisation now that this is spiritual warfare and mm. this is more serious than we ever thought and, um, yeah, I guess that's something I'll always regret. Well, hey, thanks so much, Carol. I know it must be, you know, a painful story for you to mm. recall in some ways. So thank you for, for sharing that with us. You're very welcome. Okay, and uh, with me in the studio now is Carol's husband, uh, Wayne Bowen. You're a pastor, Wayne, and it's uh, great to have you here. Thank you. Nice to be in the studio today. Now, uh, Wayne, you're involved with the... Um, What's it called? The Hope Channel Discovery Center? What, what do you yeah, call it these the, days? The Bible School. So we have um, we operate a, a Bible school here or Discovery Center that mm-hmm. has um, 16 lessons or 16 series of lessons. Mm-hmm. And uh, people can, if they have questions or they want to make contact with us or want to discover topics on health, on forgiveness, on history, on Bible, on Christ, 
they can make contact us with us at the Discovery Centre. Okay, so you're you're sort of the answers man. Um, are you also in charge of a website? Was it Bible Answers or something like that? Uh, what the Bible says. That's just a new website that we've we've started. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got a few resources there at the moment that uh, we're hoping to build on in the next little while. Mm-hmm. Just giving Bible answers to to key topics that that people are asking. Okay, and well, what's the website address there? What the Bible says dot com. Oh, that's easy. All right, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> so. We've been talking about this tragic situation in Waco, um, you know, back in the 90s, mm. you know, 93, it seems like a long time ago, and it might seem like an isolated instance. But of course, this is not a new phenomenon. I mean, we've we've got this uh, article in the uh, the March edition of Signs of the Times that describes, you know, a number of people who've claimed to be, you know, Jesus for one reason or another, even, you know, right up to the present day. Um, you know, these are people who've uh, been covered in um, Vice Media, uh, covered this guy who's out in um, Siberia. His name is, uh, he calls himself Visarion, you know, a bit of an eco-village out there. You know, that's happening right now. There's even a a guy up in uh, Queensland there in Kingaroy, who uh, Alan John Miller, who calls himself uh, Jesus Christ, <coughs> and his wife, he says she's Mary Magdalene. I mean, mm. this stuff happens, is happening all around us. Yeah. I remember that story actually hitting the mainstream news. People are looking for, mm. you know, that, that hero. Mm. They're looking for that person that they can believe in, can follow, gives them values, whatever it might be. People mm. are looking for that. And I guess it's just not in a religious sense, mm. but it can also be in a political sense. Mm-hmm. People looking for a, a political messiah, yeah, um, yeah, financial, whatever it might be. Mm. Um, like, I mean, Trump, for example, you know, the, the outsider who yeah. you know people flock to. I mean, the South Australian election, um, you know, Nick Xenophon, you know, the outsider again. You know, yeah. he's getting was quite popular in some of those early polls, uh, particularly, it seems people are looking for an answer. But then we have Tina Turner back in the 80s saying, we don't need another oh, hero. Yeah, that's right. So it, it's yeah. like there's this internal battle. And as much as we try to say, the answer is is within you, you know, just believe in yourself, you know, this sort of self-help talk, mm, mm. it seems that people still want an idol. You know, they're still looking, you know, pop idols. We use yeah. that expression. We want someone to look up to, someone to, to worship effectively. And I guess you even go through for that personal or emotional hero, mm. you know, there's that, the story times, the, the Prince Charming coming on the mm-hmm. white horse and, mm-hmm. and whisking, you know, the, the princess away. Mm. It's, it, it's, I guess, in, ingrained or somehow embedded. In our psyche. In our psyche. Yeah. Right from a young age, wow. we're looking for that hero. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, you know, it strikes me that this is not a new idea at all. I'm, I was uh, looking at the, the Bible in the book of Acts, um, in Acts chapter 5, um, this is after you know Jesus was not not around anymore in you know in his physical um, you know living form he he died he'd been resurrected he'd ascended to heaven but now his followers the the apostles were out there preaching about him and this was not particularly popular so they were hauled in to the the ruling council the ruling Jewish council and um, they were told you know you got to stop doing this and but there was one really wise guy on the council by the name of Gamaliel. Mm. And he said this in Acts chapter five, he said, he, he actually asked for the apostles to be put outside so we could have a private chat to them. But somehow we, we still have um, this recorded in the Bible. He says to the, the council there, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. 
And then he gives a little history lesson. Some time ago, Thutis appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed and his followers were dispersed. It all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, speaking of Jesus and his followers, Jesus who had just been killed, Mm. similar to these other two guys, he says, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. Mm. So they had these messianic pretenders even back there in Bible times. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not a new thing. And this is one of the things, I guess, that Jesus warned his followers into the future. Mm. In Matthew 24, verse 14, he, Jesus says, uh, Watch out that no one deceives you. For yeah. many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. And that's, I guess, what we've seen. Mm. Um, people coming in Christ's name, and the article points out a number of people that, that created those, those followers or mm. followings. Many will come claiming that I am the Christ, but then also says and will deceive many. And that's just a fascinating insight mm. into how effective some of these people would actually be. So in the Waco disaster that uh, Carol mentioned, yeah, I think it was, was it 50 or 60 people that were... 75. 75. Koresh and 75 followers, 21 of them children. Yeah. That's a heck of a body count, isn't it? Yeah. For, you know, someone who claims to be, you know, Jesus, reincarnated, the Prince of Peace. Mm. Um, I mean, uh, Jesus himself was killed, I guess. And, yeah. and you could argue that it wasn't Koresh who did the killing. It was, um, you know, the FBI. It's yeah. a complicated story, but... Certainly, time and time again, we've seen these false messiahs, you know, end up with their followers dead. I mean, you know, the Jim Jones um, suicide, mass suicide in, yeah. in Guyana is, is mentioned in the article. Um, the, the Heaven's Gate thing, you know, more recently, um, it does seem to be, a you know, Charles Manson, you know, who only died just last year. It seems to be a, a bit of a scary pattern um, that these, you know, false messiahs pull people into a situation mm. where they end up dead. And I guess as they're, they're pulling them, there will be some signs with some of them mm-hmm. that they are genuine, yeah. that they are loving, they are kind, and, and, and those fruits... Well, they wouldn't be attractive otherwise, would they? Exactly. Um, but when you look at some of these these characters, somewhere along the line, they are then exposed for who they are. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, again, Jesus makes that that ab- ab- abundantly clear in, in mm. Matthew chapter seven. You know, by their fruits, you will know them. Well, what does he mean by that? Well, he, he's talking about here, um, and again, it links this this whole thought. Watch out for false prophets; mm. they come to you in sheep's clothing. Yep. Okay. So, uh, but inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is using the sort of analogy that y- you might have a, a fruit tree in your backyard and you look at it and you go, well, I think it's a stone fruit of some kind, but I'm really not sure if it's a peach or an apricot or a nectarine. Yeah. And it's not until the, the fruit is produced that you go, oh, okay, definitely a nectarine tree. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a similar thing. Yeah, hard to tell sometimes until the results or the, the consequences of that person's actions and teaching, you know, finally come to fruition. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we saw with many of these, uh, these antichrists. Mm. Um, somewhere along the line, we actually see mm. their true fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be apparent up front when we first meet them or, or see them, but they do, we, we do see the fruit. Mm. Um, I remember when we were living in Solomon's, uh, May 21, I think it was, mm-hmm. 
it was predicted that Christ would come. Oh, wow. By who? Um, it was by, this is back in 2012, but it was in the newspaper. I forget actually yeah. who predicted, but it was- There was a bit of 2012 fever, wasn't there? It was a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Mayan calendar and all that. Yeah. And so this one was um, 2012, uh, May 21. And um, I remember people, uh, he was supposed to come in through the airport. Oh, okay. From the, the hills behind the airport. And uh, I remember it making radio and, and news reports and so forth. Mm. So um, that there was a particular group sort of on the fringes of the Christian community that was yeah. making these claims. Yeah. Wow. And and, okay. and it actually got some airtime, mm. you know, through... In mainstream media. In mainstream media, again, through the Pacific. Um, but the fruit was there. It didn't come. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the Bible then, Jesus himself says, hey, no one knows the day nor the hour. And mm. I guess that same sort of thing, if anyone is then coming along and saying, hey, May 21 at six o'clock at night mm-hmm. at the airport, Jesus is going to come, mm-hmm. contradicts what the Bible is saying that no one, no knows, one knows the day or the hour. Yeah. Okay. So that that's a, a giveaway. So, uh, you know, the fruit is there mm-hmm. that um, when we compare and, and use scripture to inform us mm-hmm. as to who is the true Christ and who is the antichrist, Mm -hmm. um, we then see the fruit. Okay. So something else Jesus said is, um, he said, watch out for these false messiahs and false prophets. He said, if someone says to you, he's out in the desert, don't go there, or he's in some secret place, don't go there. So what, what did Jesus say about the arrival of the true Messiah as opposed to this sort of secret location stuff? It's it's interesting that when we look at uh, Revelation one one seven, mm-hmm. every eye will see him. Okay. When we look at um, uh, Luke chapter twenty one, that um, you know, as lightning flashes from the east to the west, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it will be a a visible, physical thing that that everybody sees. It's, it's not. Mm. It doesn't happen in a secret places. And he says, you know, don't go into the desert. Mm. It's not going to be in a, in a secret. Mm-hmm. Every eye is is going to see. And the, is it First Thessalonians chapter four that describes Jesus' return in fairly vivid terms, doesn't it? Like there's a trumpet, yeah. there's a shout of the archangel, um, the you know the dead in Christ will rise first. It, it's not a a quiet um, secret event, is it? It's yeah. it's something that's yeah. And and that again is is something that that when we're looking at Christ and we're looking at Antichrist. Mm-hmm. We need to to really study scripture to understand mm. the true Christ. And um, you know, when you look through back through Jesus' ministry, you you get a picture of who he was and what he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the last week, I've been reading through um, the the Gospel of Mark, mm-hmm. and time and time again, you see Jesus doing extraordinary things and also asking his disciples, in a mm. sense, to, to to be followers and, and to he, go he, out. Yeah, healing miracles, you mean, yeah, by extraordinary yeah. things, yeah. Um, and then when you look at um, John chapter 11, you know, mm. the raising of Lazarus, mm-hmm. um, those sort of things can't be counterfeited. The Apostle John, you know, one of the closest followers of Jesus, wrote a, a letter, I think, and, and he said, watch out because the Antichrist is coming. And he says, even now, many Antichrists have come. So it sort of suggests that there, as Jesus said, there are false messiahs and false prophets. There's a series of different people. Mm. But John seems to suggest in that passage that there is one particular Antichrist that um, that we need to watch out for, but particularly as the world comes you know, to its, um, its closing scenes, which I guess a lot of people are starting to wonder if, you know, is, is that now, is that soon? Yeah. And there, there are two passages you've picked up. Um, there's one in, in uh, Thessalonians and the other one mm-hmm. is in First John mm-hmm. chapter 2. And it's actually interesting that, that John mm-hmm. refers to the Antichrist. He's the only one in the Gospels that refers to the actual Antichrist. Uses that word, uses the that Antichrist. Word. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Dear children, this is the last hour. Okay. And you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. Mm. And he goes on to, to, to share and to clarify, this is how we know it's the last hour. They went out from us. Now, that's a fascinating point that we don't want to just pass over here. They went mm. out from us. So, this is probably talking about the Antichrists, plural, some of those false teachers. False teachers. So, when he says they went out from us, that's saying these guys used to be a part of our yeah. of our Christian community. Yeah. And they, they left our Christian community and now they're teaching false, false teaching. Yeah. They're, they're twisting yeah. the truth of the Bible. Yeah. yeah. So, if we have some markers of, you know, the true Christ... Um, you know, every eye will see his return. Yeah. Um, he's not to be found in, in a secret place. Um, and we certainly know his character from, you know, how he's described in, in the Gospels and, and throughout the Bible, you know, if, if you look carefully. What are some of the, um, the signposts that would show us that someone claiming to be Christ, you know, in the last days is actually a false Christ? Like what, what would be the things we'd watch out for? If we go back and, and look at Daniel chapter 7, we see this this power, this little horn that is is raging, mm-hmm. and um, you know this this little horn goes out to make war against the saints of God, mm-hmm. and so we see this glimpse, and it's Daniel seven. If you want to, if people want to do some further study, mm-hmm. um, read through Daniel seven, mm-hmm. Revelation thirteen, mm-hmm. and then Revelation fourteen, okay. and it gives us a glimpse here of of some of these characteristics. Um, so seven twenty five says he will speak against the Most High. So I guess that's one of the clear signs that someone mm-hmm. is the Antichrist. If they speak against God, mm-hmm. if they speak against the Word of God, mm-hmm. then they cannot be of God. Okay. So this little horn power is described in Daniel chapter seven is some sort of religious slash political power yeah. that does this. Yep. yep. So they're usurping the authority and control of God. And so if mm-hmm. we look at um, the meaning of the, the phrase Antichrist, mm-hmm. it can be in place of. Uh-huh. And so anything that that we put in place of God mm-hmm. is is the Antichrist. Okay. Um, and so here we see this power usurping the authority and control of God. And if we mm-hmm. want to, again, get a, a glimpse and go back to the the originating power mm. of this, we get a glimpse through the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter, mm-hmm. chapter 14, where speaking of Satan, he says, I will raise my, my throne above the, the throne of God. Mm-hmm. And so we see this this power asserting his, his authority and control over God. Mm-hmm. He's wanting to be in place of, of God. And so we then see this, this power working through different people, mm-hmm. different people, political organizations mm-hmm. to assert his own authority. Mm-hmm. So he then becomes in place of God. Mm. And we see this quite clearly in Revelation 13, don't we, where, where we have the dragon, which is Satan, yeah. and, and then we have this series of beasts, which are these different political or religious powers, which are maybe difficult to identify right now, but you know, there, yeah. are, there are certainly identifying markers there that we'll be able to spot it when we see it. And so the reading on verse 25, it says, you know, he'll speak against the Most High, Oppress the saints. Mm-hmm. So another characteristics there. Okay, it's talking about the the, the believers, of God the who, faithful, who are alive. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the other characteristics then that is mentioned there: um, oppress the saints and try to change set times and laws. Mm. And so again, we get a glimpse there of those just three short characteristics, and mm-hmm. and there's we, we could list um, 
I think some people have listed up to about 29 mm-hmm. um, characteristics there. But, you know, there's just three. If our listeners are interested in knowing more about this, um, the Discovery Centre has some online courses. Secrets of Prophecy, is is that one of yours? Secrets of Prophecy is the course. There's mm-hmm. um, 24 in the series, mm-hmm. and it'll cover a wide range of topics through the books of Daniel and Revelation. Mm-hmm. And this will walk you through step walk by through step. step by step. Great. Um, yeah, so if, if you're listening and you're interested in knowing more about that, um, certainly check out that Secrets of Prophecy course. You can find that online. What's your website? So if they go to hopechannel.com, mm-hmm. um, click on learn, uh-huh. you'll see the, the Secrets of, of Prophecy course there, or just look at our email address there and, and uh, send, send us an, an email. email. Okay, yeah. so hopechannel.com is your starting point there. And I guess there may be people out there who are like, you know, all this prophecy stuff is all a bit much for me. I, I'd like to get back to basics and learn uh, about Jesus himself. You know, the, yeah. the true. I'd like to know the true Christ first before I start worrying about the Antichrist too much. Do you also have a course fo- focusing on Jesus? We've got a number of courses that focus on, on Jesus. Uh, one is the Jesus Light of the World. Okay. And I'll just walk through different um, teachings of, of Jesus mm. and his life and his characteristics. And that's, I guess, again, one of the key areas. If we're to know the Antichrist, we need to know the true Christ. Absolutely. One of the ways that they teach um, people in retail or in the, you know, people who are handling, you know, physical money to tell the difference between, you know, a true banknote and a false one yeah. is to spend a lot of time examining the true one. Yeah. You look at it and you look at it and you look at it so you know it perfectly. So when a false one comes across the cash register, you pick it up straight away because yeah. you know what the real one looks yeah. like. That's probably a good metaphor for knowing the difference between the Christ and the Antichrist. Because yeah. sometimes I think with when we come come to this topic, we think of Antichrist, oh, I'll pick it. You'll be so different from the, the real, I'll, I'll pick it. Yeah. But I don't think that's the way the, the counterfeits operate. Well, that's certainly not the way we've seen in the past. That, yeah. um, you know, these guys have been very charismatic and um, attracted a lot of people and yeah. a lot of people have ended up in a very bad situation, if if not dead, sadly. So we've got courses in the Discovery Centre. If someone just wants to, to start their own journey, mm-hmm. I've really been encouraged this last week um, reading through the Gospel of, of Mark. Mm-hmm. Just again, giving me a glimpse of... of of who Jesus is, mm. um, giving me a glimpse of his ministry, giving me a glimpse of, of how to live, mm. how to care for people, how to love people. Wow. Hey, thanks so much, Wayne. I really appreciate those those insights. It just sort of shows us how much more that there is to learn in some ways. But I appreciate you giving us just a little glimpse into these issues. Thanks, Kent. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. This is an Adventist Media podcast.